This is the Content Creator Society, an organization that exists to unite and empower all content creators through inspiration and education. Each week, we bring you insights from content creators from around the world that will inspire you, educate you, and entertain you. We're all in this together. If everything's under control, you're not moving fast enough. Words spoken by famed race car driver Mario Andretti. That statement seems to fit race car driver and entrepreneur Daniel Morad. Daniel began his career earlier than most when he competed competitively as a race car driver at the age of eight. I'm known for being a race car driver. Um, that's kind of the career path I've chosen since I was eight years old when I started racing go-karts. Fast forward 20 years, and I mean really fast. He's created a resume that boasts many race championships and a solid reputation as a top driving instructor. Now, Daniel kept the pedal to the metal and diversified. I have a passion in things other than racing. It's not just racing. That's not the only thing that exists in my life. He taught himself photography and videography, blogged during race weekends to build his audience. That's the way you get noticed by gaining knowledge in different areas. As his audience grew, he co-founded Maradness, a lifestyle brand focused on apparel and race-inspired hats. The brand was designed as a perfect hybrid between fashion and its personal brand. I had the chance to catch up with Daniel about building an audience and communities and promoting brands through social channels, as well as tips for people interested in turning their passions into content. Welcome to episode number seven. Today on the show, we have Daniel Morat. Dan, how's it going? It is going just dandy. It's a bold <laughs> statement for uh, someone uh, during these times. Well, I mean, how how can it be bad? I'm sitting in my simulator rig right now, driving virtually still. So, I mean, in a way, um, I, I don't think that this whole isolation uh, deals hit me as hard as uh, the regular person because I'm still connected with a lot of uh, the guys that I hang out with in the real world on you know on my weekends. So, I mean. Yeah, for me, I've I found a way to fill that void of not being able to go out in the real world with like a little bit of a virtual world. Amazing. So you're um, you're not feeling isolated. You're feeling relatively normal. Perfect. Um, <laughs> why don't we do this? Let's How are start. you doing? <laughs> I'm I'm doing. I'm actually doing fine. I'm uh, I'm enjoying doing these shows, and uh, you know they're getting more and more interesting. And it's interesting to talk to all the different people out there and their different points of view on content development and creation. And um, I don't think I would have had the ability to do this pre-pandemic time because I was so busy on just, you know, we're running the business and now I've had some time and I'm doing what I love. And uh, the show with Magnus a little while ago, that was like, his sort of point there is like, do what you love. And he's absolutely right. I mean, I'm not doing this for the money. I'm just doing this because I'm finding a lot of joy out of it. And I love, you know, connecting with people not on a, not on a work level. Um, you know, I know me for a long time. It's just kind of nice to talk to people about the same sort of things that we're both interested in, which really is, you know, building mm -hmm. communities and, and things like that. But why don't we start with um, telling the audience a little bit about yourself. I mean, we've known each other for a good long time, but um, yep. let's give everyone a bit of an overview of who you are and uh, your audience. Uh, well, uh, I would say I'm known for being a race car driver. Um, that's kind of the career path I've chosen since I was eight years old uh, when I started racing go-karts and uh, just blossomed into a career without really uh, having that uh, in mind when I was when I was young, just uh, kind of evolved into that. Um, and since becoming a race car driver, I, I tried to uh, diversify myself into much more than that and 
you know, become a content creator because in this day and age, you can't just drive a race car and expect to, you know, uh, be okay with just that. You know, you have to be uh, standing out from the crowd. That's the way you get noticed by, you know, uh, gaining knowledge in different areas. And for me, for instance, I have a passion in things other than racing. It's not just racing. That's not the only thing that exists in my life. You know, there's photography, you know, videography. I love all that stuff, being creative, um, clothing, lifestyle stuff. You know, I like uh, fashion. So I incorporated all the different passions in my life and put them into one and kind of uh, split it up so it's not just a 100% race car driver. You know, I like to diversify, have a little bit of everything. And now, out of that, being a race car driver, we have a my girlfriend and I, Jessica, we have a clothing brand called Moradness. And um, I'm also shooting photos, making videos, like just doing all sorts of different things that I'm happy doing. And, and listen, I wake up every day and I do the things I love. And for me, that's just enjoying life. It's not work. But as a you know, byproduct of having fun, I'm getting paid for it and, and it's paying the bills. So that's like literally the goal. And I think everyone has the opportunity in some way to do it. There you go. That's me. <laughs> That's uh, my belief right there. So yeah, show's over. Um, yeah. So see you later. What's interesting there is you moved from racing into sort of um, running your own business outside of racing, and I imagine uh, that you have an audience built because of racing. There was some some promotion done for you on behalf of racing series, and you'd been building yeah. a small audience. And then when you started your own business, I imagine that the audience became more important to you as a means to sort of promote what you're already doing. Um, tell me about the transition from having an audience racing to then all of a sudden maybe looking at your audience as uh, a more important element of your overall business. Yeah, I mean, for me, I always prioritize um, the audience, the fans, the supporters. That's just who I am. Um, and the reason I, I became like that is when I was really young, eight years old, I went to my first car race. That's when I started racing go-karts. So uh, I ended up going to the Molson Indy at the time in uh, Toronto, Toronto Indy now. And there were a few drivers that were super friendly. And I'm a, I was a very shy kid. Um, not so much the case anymore. But um, I didn't want to talk to anybody. But I really admired all these drivers. Some of them were really nasty and just did not give me the time of day. And I'm an eight-year-old kid. And some of them were really, really nice. So you know, I just started racing at that time. I'm like, okay, if I ever make it, as a race car driver, I'm going to be a nice guy. I'm always going to you know, make time for people. And that's kind of like what I'm living out today. Um, so I would say that you know, our company, like Moradness, has been built off of a small community that started. And obviously, I had a foundation to start with. You know, there are race fans out there that have been supporting me. Um, but you know, the reason why there are those race fans is because, and you know, Bonner, like I, I take the time to uh, hang out with the fans. Like I'm not the type of guy that hangs out in my trailer and hides in the engineering room. You know, I do my business, obviously get the job done with the car and the, and in the performance. But once that's over, I don't go and uh, start texting on my phone. Mm -hmm. I go outside. I talk to people. I, I make those personal connections with the fans and the comment I get is, wow, you're so down to earth. And those kind of things are so important to me because at the end of the day, like we're all human. Just because I drive a car, you know, it's a cool job, but it doesn't make me more special than anybody else. So that's kind of like the brand principle. And I think 
that's what I wanted to build more Adness and like everything outside of racing and even inside racing on, you know, just being a good guy, being down to earth, being relatable in some way, because we're not superheroes. We just drive cool cars sometimes. So when you, <laughs> when you handle your, so it sounds like on your channels and on your audience, you, you handle that audience the same way that you handle with, deal with people in real life. And you, you, cause I've noticed on all your channels, you're very active in replying to comments. You're, you're, you're sort of, you're present. Yeah. I answer, if I see it, I answer it. And, and usually that's actually maybe a problem that I have is I'm on my phone interacting with everybody too much. And sometimes it does take a toll on like my personal uh, emotional state, I would say, because I'll be like exhausted. So there's a balance and, you know, I'm always trying to find that balance. Um, But I do like, you know, answering everybody, pleasing everybody. That's just kind of who I am. Um, I'm a pleaser, people pleaser. I like, I like to make everyone happy. And, you know, I think it's, it's a good thing. Um, but some people can't be bothered to do it. It's just for me, I, I enjoy it. I like interacting with people because there's something to gain. Like right now, I just recently started doing Twitch, which is a, like a live streaming mm-hmm. platform. Yeah, yeah. And I'm doing all sorts of things, streaming my simulator racing, uh, playing video games with people and, you know, the other day, like two days ago, I built a computer from the ground up and my audience that has been loyal to me because I'm friendly and helping others, they actually helped me build a computer. So it's epic, you know, just the kind of um, the the things that could be done, um, you know, just with your community. So let's, um, you've been a brand ambassador um, for for a number of brands. And I imagine some of that is likely due to the number of followers you have and your activity on social media. Um, how do you handle requests for when people ask you to become a brand ambassador? How do you deal with the, the business part of that? Is, it, <clears throat> is there a formula? Um, well, I mean, <clears throat> first of all, I like working with brands or people that I enjoy working with. So that's number one for me. If I'm not passionate about it, then I don't work with that company or that person. So I, I mean, everything I do <clears throat> exudes passion. If, if, I'm, if I don't have it, I don't do it. So that goes with my job, with what I'm doing, how I earn a living. I always try to find an angle how to enjoy myself while, while also uh, bringing in an income. Um, so yeah, I mean, first off, I always look to see if I enjoy what I'm going to be doing. And if I, if I can explain my passion to the people that are supporting it. Otherwise, I don't want to sell something to my supporters or my yeah, following that I don't believe in because then it would just be fake of me. I am not, I'm not a fake person. I try not to be fake, you know? There's, um, is there, um, have you had to turn work down um, for reasons of you know, financial compensation where people don't offer you enough for the value that you, you bring to the table? You find that there's, um, you know, I, I find in my experience that there's this, this perception that social influencers, not, not, not entirely, but to, to mm-hmm. some extent, um, you know, they don't value what you'd bring to the table and they offer, you might say, Hey, can you share this post for, you know, $30? And, you know, do you ever, do you ever run across those kinds of things these days? Or is it fairly consistent where brands are coming to you and saying, and they're offering enough money to make it worthwhile. Not that yeah. it's all about money, but at the end of the day, no, it's a bit of a business when you know, we, we really sure. look at it. You can't decrease, decrease your stock value. That goes 
that's like a really good tip that I got um, from a mentor of mine and a driver coach, actually, um, David Tennyson. He's one of the best driver coaches, uh, I would say, in the world. And he told me when I, when I do driver coaching, he said, listen, Dan, don't take a job just for taking a job if it's not the right money. He mm-hmm. said, it's more important to maintain your, your integrity and your stock value than just uh, you know, hustling yourself out to everybody for any price. Because not only is it bad for you as, your, as a brand, but it's bad for the community as a whole. And in terms of like social influencers, there are, if you look on Instagram, mm-hmm. there are so many people that seem huge and they have all these brand deals. But when you dig a little bit, they're just fake. I mean, they buy followers, they buy comments, they buy everything. And they do jobs for nothing just to have big brands associated to their names. And the problem is when you have somebody that actually has a following and they are you know, asking for the, the right price for the brand partnership, they're like, well, this guy is doing it for X amount and it's way cheaper than you. And they try to chisel you down. So it just, it actually ruins the market. So yeah, yeah, I'm a firm believer in charging what you're worth and do not devalue yourself. If you believe that you're a certain price, then <clears throat> obviously you can't go way above the market value. But you know, you obviously have to stay true to who you are and what you believe in and what your value is. And I do that with my <laughs> driver coaching. I do that with, you know, if I'm doing a photography gig or any brand partnerships. I will turn them down before I take something that is free unless it's something that's going to benefit me or offer something to my following where it could potentially um, you know, increase or you know, give me some monetization options for my own platform. That's, a, that's great advice. And I think that the, 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 the game of numbers, uh, you know, vanity metrics of I have so many millions of followers falls flat when you take a look at actual engagement rates. And I think your engagement rate for the most part, mainly because you, you, you know, are a genuine fella and you, um, you interact with everybody, um, you know, speaks volumes about um, what the worth is there. Um, what is then, you know, your secret? So what is your secret to build an audience? What is there, what's, you know, cause I, it's becoming more and more difficult on Instagram mm-hmm. in particular to yeah. add people and, you know, they change the algorithms and all these sort of things. Do you have any tips or secrets that you've sort of, you've gained over the years of building an audience? Um, I would say create unique content. That's uh, where my, my account kind of started taking off. You know, in 2017, I was at like four or 5,000 followers. The next year, I, you know, throughout that year, it grew a little bit. And then the following year, I started doing like vlogs at the racetrack. And that was something that no driver was really doing, like daily vlogs. And I was just in a situation where I was able to do uh, do that, and you know the skills that I picked up off of YouTube, like I taught myself how to create like proper videos, like YouTube style um, vlogs, and I did those on Instagram and posted them as stories, and my account just started growing, and I, I was hashtagging at the time in every single story post. So I, I just like each one, I would have two minutes roughly. And mind you, it was taking about an hour and a half or so every night. I'd go back to the hotel room and like get all the footage. And luckily, I shot everything efficiently, like in order of how I would cut it, put it together in the hotel room, put it out on Instagram, and I hashtagged each video. 
each 15 second clip and there'd be eight of them, right? So I had eight different hashtags and that would pull in an extra 50 or 100 or 200 uh, organic views. Um, and just from that, my page started growing more and more and more. And next thing you know, it's like over 10,000 and 15,000. And now I'm just short of 20,000 followers. So, you know, obviously that wasn't sustainable. So I found something that was a bit more sustainable for me, taking photos, uh, my editing style, the story that I tell within my post, I think is, is also very, very important. And then the engagement now. So you want to be engaged with your audience and build that community. Because if you're just one-sided, like it's like in real life. If, if I'm just talking to you and you're not telling me things, mm-hmm. then you know, it, we're not growing with each other. I'm just telling you things. On Instagram, you need to communicate with the person as if they're in front of you. I think that's what you need to remember is like there's a human aspect to it. Just because you're behind a screen doesn't mean that they're not human. So if somebody says, hey, awesome picture, love it. Like, I'm not going to say, just blow by that. I'm going to say, hey, thank you. Like, imagine somebody said that in real life. They just go up to your face. <laughs> hey, you look, you're, you're a good looking guy. It's like, what do you say? Just walk on. Just walk yeah, on. Like, you don't just turn around and walk <laughs> off. No, you say, hey, thanks so much. Um, you know, you appreciate the people that are there for you. And, and for me, even if somebody's giving me an emoji, like literally I will respond to that emoji just because the next time it's like, oh, that guy responded to me. Maybe I'm going to write something more meaningful. And that's how you build your community. It's, it's a lot of work, but I think that, um, I mean, you don't have, okay. Most people that are listening to this, you're not going to have a million followers. It's probably a bit more difficult if you have hundreds of thousands of, or millions of followers to interact with every single person, but at least sure. say, Hey, the first 30 minutes of my post going up, I'm going to interact with everybody. So this way, more people engage in that first 30 minutes. And then this way, your post is actually shown to way more people. Your, your organic reach gets uh, much more broad. So yeah. yeah, I mean, that's why I really, really focus on the, the first, um, you know, I'm like on it first 30 minutes to an hour, like I'm answering everything as quickly as possible. I kind of set out some time when I post on like Instagram primarily, because that's where I focus on. I post and I'm there. Like I treat that as, as this is my job for the next hour. Interact with your audience. After that, I periodically go and I'll definitely catch up every you know, few hours on the people that have commented and make sure I hit every single comment for that next day. So that's that's just how I operate. So this might this might bleed into that, but we'll see. Um, you know, it's something I ask everybody um, is you know if you had one tip that you could give someone who's either getting into the content game or for any of us who are already there, if you had one tip that you had to to pick out of all the tips you happen to have, what would that one tip be? Well, I think the tip that I kind of just mentioned it's engage with your audience. That's the the number one tip because no matter how big or small you are. Um, your community is not going to grow if you don't give back to your community. So you want to engage with them. Um, you know, you shouldn't look at them as uh, fans. I look at everybody that is supporting me as a supporter. You know, you are a supporter, and then you know you you're becoming a friend. Essentially, everybody is becoming a friend, and when and that's the beautiful thing. When I go to the racetrack, I'll meet people. Like this year at Daytona, for instance, I was. 
um, doing the autograph session and people would come up and be like, Hey, uh, thanks so much for, for talking to me on Instagram. Like I couldn't believe that a real race car driver was answering my, my D my DM. Like, well, why wouldn't I, you know, that's what I just thought. <laughs> and, and we just built that personal relationship there in real, like, you know, a guy that was in the virtual world became a real life acquaintance and friend and supporter. So now we know each other and the, you know, and the community starts growing like that. This guy goes to his next friend. Hey, this guy's a good guy. Boom. There you go. You have now not just one person that's, that's supporting your page, but all his buddies or her buddies. Boom. It starts growing. That's how you build a page. Being genuine and loyal to your community. Yeah, that's absolutely great advice. And you're right, it, it led blood into the previous uh, segment there, but yeah, brilliant stuff. And then finally, you know, if you had one piece of go-to hardware or software that you use to, to you know, publish your content, what is that one piece of hardware or software that you just couldn't live without? Well, pr- probably my cell phone. Um, that's where everything essentially um, finishes, right? Like... I could take pictures on my, I have a Sony a7 III and, you know, all the lenses, all the focal lengths, everything. But at the end of the day, everything goes into my phone. And sometimes I just take photos from my iPhone 11 Pro Max Plus thing, whatever, like the biggest one, great cameras. That's, I would say that's the best piece of, um, that's the best content creation device that you have on you because it's on you all the time. Yeah. You can make videos, you can make photos, you can edit those photos using Lightroom on your mobile device. I mean, essentially my workflow is usually Lightroom mobile on my iPhone. Like if I want to take a really, really good photo, I'll, I'll use my Sony and then just like transfer it onto my iPad sometimes if I want to keep that quality and edit on my iPad. But then I just airdrop it to my phone and that's how I post everything. So I think ultimately it's the phone that's the most important piece because you can do mostly everything. And you know, as long as you have your colors and your presets that you are happy with um, on like Lightroom, because everything goes through there. All my photos do not get posted raw. I mean, they are being touched in terms of my color because I want to have that theme that's consistent because I think it's aesthetically pleasing. So long story short, cell phone, probably the most important piece. But um, yeah, there's so many other things and tools that I use that end up going right to my phone. All right, that's awesome, man. Well, thanks so much for taking the time. I really appreciate it. So um, you know, hopefully this will all be over and we'll see you on the racetrack, uh, not virtually, but real in real life. That'd be, uh, that's my hope. And I, I can't wait to uh, go through all the different podcasts and listen to everybody else's um, input because it's cool what you're doing. This way, I mean, it's an educational podcast, essentially. For sure. You're, you're learning about somebody, but you're also learning what they use. And it can use, you can use that as an opportunity to better yourself. So I love doing that. I, I am self-taught, as, as are you. Yep. You know, you 100%. are self-taught. and. I love what you're doing with this. Um, definitely going to now binge all the uh, the podcasts. So thanks a lot for giving me some content to to listen to. All right, Dan. Take care, eh? All right, thanks. That was Daniel Morat. You can follow him on Instagram at Daniel Morat. The Content Creator Society Interview Podcast audio production is by Justin Dama. Original music also by Justin Dama. 
Now, if you like this episode, we'd be grateful for a rating and any feedback. And you can follow the Content Creator Society on Instagram at Content Creator Society. Thanks for listening, everyone.